What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited about today's guest. I am joined by Rosie Reese. She is a women's relationship coach, the founder of Australia's leading alternative crystal sex toy shop, Yoni Pleasure Palace, the creator of Naked Awakening, women's nude yoga workshops, and a movement maker starting the viral hashtag Stop Sucking It In and Sensual Eating. She normalizes the taboo and inspires women to love their vagina, accept their belly, and become confident in their naked skin. So many women are going to benefit from this episode. We get into so many different topics. Some of the main things we talk about are Rosie's lack of sexual education and the shame that she grew up with in early years, which led her to be so passionate about women's pleasure and sexual wellness, the awakening that she had the first time she tried using a jade egg, and the communication channel that was opened between her and her yoni, the major differences between traditional silicone sex toys and glass or crystal toys using crystal wands to de-armor the vagina and clear sexual trauma, the best place to start for women who want to be more connected to their sensuality and begin a pleasure practice, why your period could be more painful if you are using tampons, and how naked yoga is so healing for women and their relationship to their bodies, and Rosie starting this global movement of women no longer sucking it in and embracing their bellies. After this episode, if you're wanting to shop anything from Yoni Pleasure Palace, you can find a link in the description to check out all their goodies and their gorgeous products. You can use the code DAILY to save. I am so, so excited for you to tune into this conversation. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly, entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. So excited to have you on. I feel like this has been a long time coming. I've been connected with your work for quite a while online now, and I'm so excited to share like your magic and your wisdom with all the women who listen to this podcast. I feel like there's going to be there's going to be someone who listens to this episode and they're going to walk away feeling lighter, feeling braver, feeling safer in their own body. So I'm really, really excited for this conversation. Mm, Me too, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. So when I was thinking about having you on the show, you know, I have seen all of the Yoni Pleasure Palace stuff and I was just kind of thinking, I don't really know like Rosie's origin story. Like I kind of know the Rosie that you are nowadays with this big business and everything that you do. But I was like, I'd love to ask her, like what had to happen in your life to make you so passionate about women's pleasure and sexual wellness and all these things that you bring into the world now with through your businesses and through your work? That is such a good question. And I've actually been sitting on like how I got to be where I'm at right now. Um, And it starts from such a young age, like as a little girl, I remember having so much sexual energy in my body, but I didn't have the framework to understand what it was and, or how to channel it. Um, You know, I had what I call like a silent sex education where I had to just figure it all out myself. Um, My mom, my parents, school, no one told me anything about my anatomy, um, my pleasure, even menstruation, getting my period was a total shock to me. And I also felt like I couldn't talk about it either. Like it just was totally hush hush in my household. Um, So that kind of meant that it was shrouded in mystery and a bit of like, you just don't talk about that stuff. Um, And then when I hit puberty, my sexual energy just amplified and I became totally boy crazy. I was really looking for love and validation and affection from, from boys. Um, because I, my mum and dad separated when I was about two or three years old. So I feel like I was really looking for that love, um, and affection that I didn't necessarily get from my dad. I had a great relationship with my dad, but that missing presence of a mas- masculine male energy in my life. So 
I was just so excited to explore with so many boys. But then I, I grew up with a really Christian Catholic upbringing because my mom's second husband was really, really Catholic and I went to super religious schools. Um, so then I had this like sexual energy and I was exploring myself, but then I had this shame and guilt. And I remember like the first time when I first had sex, losing my virginity, I was 17 with my boyfriend and I cried. I felt so disappointed in myself. I thought I was going to hell. Like I just felt so much shame and that shame and guilt that I felt lasted until I was about 26, 27. And yeah, that's when I had my sexual awakening, which, which really kicked off um, my businesses and everything like that. Um, but basically I went to, I just ended a toxic relationship and I discovered yoga and I went on this spiritual journey and I ended up in Bali doing my Kundalini yoga teacher training And it was there that I I stumbled across this jade egg workshop. And honestly, that workshop was the turning point of my life. Like that's when I um, connected to my pussy, my yoni in a way that was loving and devotional and, you know, not necessarily needing to give pleasure and sex to a guy or like get an orgasm for myself or validation. It was the, it was the very turning point for me um, where I actually chose myself and let go of that like guilt. <laughs> yeah, because I know like the, the the yoni eggs are a huge part of. I think was that your original product with Yoni Pleasure Palace? Yeah, the first product was the jade egg, and I was would have been happy to just sell the jade egg for the rest of my life, but it sort of started this um this connection to my yoni. I started to communicate to her, and she said to me, "I don't want you to use a vibrator anymore." I want you to use a crystal dildo. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll make that my mission to create crystal dildos for you. And I, I don't think I've really touched a vibrator since. I haven't needed to, um, I kind of built a reliance from around the age of like 19 to 25 on using my vibrator for self-pleasure and needing that quick fix to have an orgasm at all, actually. And now I can, yeah, basically not not need to use a vibrator, which is amazing, which, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with vibrators. Um, it's just nice to be able to give myself a pleasure and internal orgasms, not just those, um, quick kind of get it done transactional peak orgasms that feel amazing, but sometimes it's nice to have that kind of deeper experience as well. I want to talk about this point of the difference between traditional like silicone toys and, glass or crystal toys because I know that's what you really specialize in and you just kind of mentioned it there I was thinking you know it was going to take us a little while to get to this point but (laughs) we're here so is it true because you kind of mentioned something about like maybe desensitization is it true that that traditional vibrators can desensitize your pleasure centers or the clitoris over time and make it more difficult for you to reach orgasm is that something that you found to be true I have for myself, and I, I don't believe that it's like this for every woman. Um, I, I'm i really grateful for my vibrator. It was the first time I'd ever had an orgasm with myself. Um, the first time I had a clitoral orgasm was my boyfriend at the time had given it to me. I didn't even know I had a clitoris. Like that's how clueless I was, which just blows my mind to see where I am today versus when, where I was then. Um, but I loved using it and it was, you know, it was quick and effective and got to the, to the point. Um, however, what I used to notice is after using the vibrator, it would take me longer the next time. And I used to have to, you know, use it for longer or I don't know what, think of something in my mind to make it a bit more, um, kinky or whatever it was. I needed more sensation, more vibration, more time, um, And so, yeah, sometimes I couldn't actually have another orgasm for weeks after, particularly with a partner. Um, It used to make it harder for me with my boyfriend or girlfriend at the time to, yeah, reach climax. And so when I stopped using it, I noticed that I could have more orgasms with, with my partner or with myself and not experience that desensitization. In saying this, my wife, my partner who I'm with today, they require a um, vibrator in order to have a clitoral orgasm and they don't get desensitized. And so I really think it's down to our kind of nerve, our neural networks down there. Um, we all have different sort of pelvic nerves and, um, pleasure pathways. And so I think that 
know, some people can use a vibrator three times a day and not be desensitized. But for my anatomy, it if I use it, it's going to be a struggle <laughs> for a few weeks after that mm. to reach that climax. So tell me more about the awakening sort of experience that you had with the jade egg the first time that started to really change your relationship with your body and your yoni and you felt like you had this deeper sense of connection with her and you were receiving like communication almost of what she needed and wanted. How was that like a, you know, a crazy like awakening moment or was it something that was built over time? It was a little bit of both. So in this workshop in Bali, it was in this beautiful rainforest in Nibud and the facilitator held such a sacred space. I'd never been in a place like it before. Um, so the, it just that in itself being in a sister circle, I don't actually think I'd ever been to a sister circle and rubbing our bodies and doing this devotional yoga practice, uh, massaging our vulvas and like just being so intimate yeah, with ourselves in this space and then literally putting a jade egg. I couldn't believe I was doing it, to be honest. It was just so out of my comfort zone. But when when we all put the egg inside of us and we're all actually like facing out, so there was no like, it was really private and, and beautiful. I just remember feeling this like, my yoni just like took it in. It just received it and almost just swallowed it up and was like, hello, welcome home. And this wave of healing energy entered me. It was the, yeah, just this first time I'd connected to my yoni or even like acknowledged that she was there and that she had needs and wants and fears and desires and there were things that she told me in that session in that workshop that I implemented in my sex life after that so like she told me that she wanted her the boyfriend at at the time to ask before entering and to, to ask and seek consent first um she told me to go off the pill um she said please let's not use a vibrator for a little while um she asked me to use the yoni egg every day for 30 days and I was like okay let's let's do this and this was so weird for me at the time like oh this was not my normal you know Saturday night and um I stopped drinking I stopped um smoking I was social smoking binge drinking on the weekends just all these little things it's amazing how when you connect and plug into the intelligence of your yoni there's so many beautiful messages that she can have for you, but so many of us are just kind of operating up here in our, in our head and not taking the time. And that's what the Yoni Egg is really all about is creating time for a devotional practice, for touching and feeling and connecting because you, you can't use a Yoni Egg and literally not go within and, and like rushing using a Yoni Egg or like just quickly pushing it up and going about your day that's not what it's for Um, so it really does require you to slow down and to tune in and it's amazing what messages come through when you do that do you would you say that at that time you were already like a highly intuitive being or how realistic is it for someone that might be listening to this to to think that you know maybe starting a, a practice with a yoni egg that they would be able to receive so much like language and and messages from their yoni. Is that something that is, do you find that with your clients and with the women that, you know, are in your membership and take your workshops and use the yoni eggs, is that something that, that typically happens for people rather quickly? Or what have you seen that kind of to be like establishing that relationship and communication? I think it's different for everyone. A lot of women, um, when I share this, I'm also, aware that not every woman experiences what I experience. And I wouldn't say it was like fireworks or like this like completely aha moment. Um, It was in a really subtle way. And it was like you said, it actually took time. It took months after of building that connection and using the yoni egg to have even more breakthroughs. And, you know, that's when I started having totally different kinds of orgasms and expressing myself and everything, you know, all the shit came up to the surface. Um, But for some people... Um, they will literally have an orgasm when they first put their yoni egg in. I've heard this before and I've been like, wow, good for you. That didn't happen for me. But then there's other women who are like, I literally put it in and nothing happened. I felt absolutely nothing. Is there something wrong with me? No, like when you wear your egg inside you, you don't necessarily feel it, especially for the first 
perhaps a few months um, or even years, it does take time to build the sensation and, and um, it increases that you know, blood flow and muscle tone. So it, it doesn't just happen right away. It can for some people, uh, particularly if they're already quite spiritual. I was spiritual. I'd started a, my yoga journey a few years before. So I was sort of quite tuned into my body, but definitely not that part of my body, um, unless it was in a sexual way, I guess. But um, I think having those expectations can kind of disappoint women. If, you, if you've heard of these incredible stories and then you put it in and you literally feel nothing, don't give up because that's it, it can take time and it, it might not be that like peak orgasm experience. It could actually just be this subtle, oh, like this grounding sensation in your pelvic bowl. Um, I know for me, when I wear my egg a bit more regularly, like a couple of times a week, my set, my orgasms are different and my sex life is different. When I don't wear it at all, it can feel a little like flat. So that's something that I notice after using the yoni egg, not during my yoni egg practice, which can be like, sometimes it's quite passive. I'll just wear it and like go, go about my day kind of thing, go on my morning walk or whatever. Other times I'll wear it and do the actual exercises like the Kegels and the, the pelvic toning practices. But it's actually after I take the egg out a few days later when I'm having, for example, an orgasm with my partner and it's so strong like way stronger than it was last week or the week, the month before, because it really starts to build those, those connections internally. So try not to have your expectations too high, but also be open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So maybe we should rewind a little bit. If someone's listening and they're like, what are they talking about? Like, what is a yoni egg? Can you just explain <laughs> the, what we're actually talking about? What if someone's like, I've never heard of this. What is going on? She's wearing something in her vulva, in her vagina. Like what is happening? Sorry, girlfriend, if you're tuning in and you're like, what is happening? So it is an egg shaped crystal that you wear inside your vagina and it's essentially like a pelvic floor weight it has a little drilled hole usually we sell under ones as well um but you tie the there's this eco string that we sell as well that's um it's kind of like dental floss but it doesn't have the mint and the wax on it um so you can retrieve it really easily i think that's the biggest thing women freak out about is like can it get lost uh, you know where where does it go up there what if i can't find it 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 can't get lost um, the, the cervix is closed and that's a one way street and there are vaginas that are quite a bit longer and vaginas that are a bit shorter. Um, so it can go pretty high up, but that's why you use the string to pull it out if you need to. Um, but basically it, it is historically, it's a ancient Chinese tradition and, um, the women in China, the, the queen and the concubines used to use this jade egg. Jade is what was most prevalent in China to, really to like create a really harmonious, healthy, vital reproductive system for the king to produce lots of children, to also give a lot of pleasure. Um, they also believed that they could transmute their sexual energy into more like spiritual kind of energy, so bringing that energy up through the body. Um, so there's lots of, I guess, ancient reasons why women used it. Actually, back in the day, like the hundreds, thousands of years ago, if they didn't use jade, they'd often use something like a rock or even like um, a potato to put inside the vagina because obviously back then they didn't have um, pelvic floor surgeries or like prolapse surgeries. So after childbirth, if a woman gives birth many, many times, obviously the bowel, the bladder and the uterus can prolapse and, and literally fall out of the vagina. And so they knew, okay, if we put something in the vagina that basically gives it, it a stimulus to hold on to, to strengthen the muscles. And then that um, helps the pelvic floor hold these internal organs up. So I think using a jade egg is much more ni nicer than using a rock or a potato, that's for sure. Um, but it is, these days it's modernized, you know, like anyone can use the egg. This is what I love about it. It's, you know, for me, when I was 26, I'm 36 now, um, 26, 27, I didn't need to strengthen and tone my pelvic floor. My pelvic floor was fine. I hadn't had kids. I still haven't had kids, even though that's kind of the purpose of the egg, the physical purpose of using it. However, it, it helped me connect. It helped me build a relationship with my yoni and by go, actually literally going within and, and having to actually meet her, do a bit of like vulva gazing, um, 
you know, warming up my egg. I've like literally got a yoni egg in my bra right now, you know, warming it up and gently inserting it in the whole process is a beautiful way for women to connect to that part of their body in a way that like, you know, we haven't really been taught to connect, right? Like as little girls, we've often been told, don't touch yourself there. That's dirty, dirty, that's naughty. Um, and it's kind of like your pussies for someone else, you know? So it's nice to be able to reclaim her by doing this practice. Obviously you don't need a yoni egg to reclaim your pussy. It's just a nice addition. It's a nice way to, you know, reconnect, plug back in, heal sexual trauma. For me, I'd slept around really embodying my leaky slut archetype in my early twenties. And I was healing all that, (laughs) that energy that I cultivated in there. Yeah. I was going to ask you about, yeah, like clearing, if, if there's an energy in some of the, the crystal toys that can help with clearing sexual energy or trauma. I know that you talk about like de-armoring and things like that, but I was talking with a friend about how I was going to interview you and she was like, oh, I'm so curious. Like do the crystals, like, because we know that crystals have healing properties in other aspects of our life, they can provide protection. They can help us like tap into different energetic frequencies. She's like, I wonder like, is there, are there healing properties of these crystal toys that can maybe clear the energy of past partners or things like that? Absolutely. Yeah. The first few years that I used a yoni egg, even though I have my jade egg, um, and they're the ones that I wanted to sell first. I actually had a black obsidian egg that I got from my local crystal shop. And I felt so drawn to use this black obsidian egg, even though it wasn't beautiful, like the rose quartz or red carnelian. I just need, it's like, I just needed to release and clear, but also put protection around this space in my body. I'd really not honored my yoni at all because I just wasn't literally wasn't given the tools I wasn't taught how to do this. So I was teaching myself and yeah, using this black obsidian, black obsidian is a really quite a light weight crystal, but it's, um, it's kind of like black glass, volcanic glass. And it really is quite volcanic in nature. It really brings shit up to the surface, um, to heal, but also to protect you and ground you as well. So I usually recommend women often get a, a rose quartz egg first because it's so pretty and beautiful but actually rose quartz is really amplifying and it can sometimes amplify stuff that you don't really want to amplify so I usually recommend jade first because it's so healing and and gentle Um, but if you really have something that you want to release clear it might be you know there's trauma it it can come in all kind of shapes and sizes right little t trauma big t trauma um it doesn't matter what kind, whether it's a a rape or an abuse or an assault, or if it's somebody who literally commented on your vulva and said, it's like, for me, it's unsymmetrical. And like, I took that to be really upsetting for me at the time. Now I love my unsymmetrical yoni, but at the time, you know, that was traumatic for me. And I did, I wanted to hide my yoni from partners after that. And it might be that you, you got an STI from somebody and that was a traumatic experience. Um, it could be like literally any any form of trauma. Maybe it's just like you've been shoving tampons inside your vagina for the past 10 years and your yoni doesn't like that. And she wants to clear that that forceful kind of energy. Could be anything. So using a black obsidian would be really, really healing for that. Mm. Okay. We have to talk about the tampon comment because I know there's going to be a lot of women listening that are like, what? The yoni doesn't like the tampons. <laughs> I use tampons. Well, so let's expand, expand on that, Rosie. <laughs> well, that's another thing why you only asked me to stop doing was to stop putting tampons inside me. Um, I used to get, and this might just be because I'm quite sensitive, but I used to get more pain, um, period pain from using tampons. Well, I, I noticed it after um, when I started using a menstrual cup and started using just period undies or like um, organic reusable pads. I, sometimes some tampons can have bleach and chemicals inside of it that, you know, we don't obviously don't want to, um, put into, into our bodies, but also the sense of plugging it up. They, they call it plugging it up and having something inside you for long periods of time can be detrimental to, to our yoni's health. Um, but I think for me, it was more that I want, I liked the feeling of feeling the blood come out of me. 
And so most cycles I'll use a, usually use just period undies now or um, a menstrual cup. Uh, usually on the second and third day, the first day, it's too sensitive to put anything inside. I can't believe I used to just literally just use a tampon all the time um, without even really thinking. And it would hurt putting it in as well because it just kind of grips all the way in. And then there can even be remnants of the the tissue or the cotton that can stay inside. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just really wanted to, I also wanted to see my blood. And I follow some beautiful women online who paint with their period blood. And like, that's not my thing, but I, I actually, this is so weird. Oh my God, your, your audience are going to get freaked out. But I, I water my plants with my period blood. <laughs> so I pour. I've heard of people doing okay. that. And I always forget. I'm like, I should try it. They say it's good. They say it's really good for the plants. It's really good. It's full of nitrogen and phosphorus. Um, and so I will just like, if I use my menstrual cup, I'll pour that into a cup and then fill it up with like a liter of water and then just go around and water my plants. And it's really, um, nutritious. It's like fertilizer. It's like blood and bone fertilizer for your plants. People get freaked out at that. And so I don't share it too much online, but, um, (laughs) it is what it is. I remember one of the, you know, the bachelor, the the TV show, the bachelor in Australia reshared my reel. And it, oh my God, it went viral, but probably for all the wrong reasons, um, but he shared it and he was just so freaked out about it. But it's, this is what we did, right? This is what women did back, you know, centuries ago that we would water plants with our blood, right? We didn't go, let anything go to waste. Um, so Tam, I just want to say tampons aren't bad, especially if you're buying like organic tampons, that's, that's totally fine. And you do you, you know, don't you make sure you listen to your pussy, she'll tell you. Um, but yeah, that was just a, a, a loud and clear sign that she didn't want anything like that anymore. Yeah, it's so interesting because I had a friend share with me that she felt like her periods were more painful when she would use tampons. And I was like, that is so interesting. But a lot of people have had that similar experience. Um, and I, I stopped really using tampons a little while ago. Sometimes I'll use them here and there if I'm like in a pinch or I have to go out somewhere and, but like, I mostly just like using period underwear so that I don't have to like do anything or put anything inside me. Just like Mm. leave it as it is. I love that. That's like game changing. I was always worried about if they actually worked or if they were going to leak or whatever. So if you're listening and you've never tried them, like, it's honestly so nice and they don't leak. Like they're amazing (laughs) and it's a game changer for sure. But I notice now that when I do use tampons, I feel like I almost get the sensation of like, I'm going to get like a yeast infection or something. Like I definitely notice there's like signs and signals of like my Yoni being like, Hey, like, why are you, (laughs) why are we doing this again? Like, I don't like this. That's so funny you say that because the last time I remember using it, I was about to teach a naked yoga workshop and I just got my bleed. It's so funny how many times I've actually got my bleed just before I teach naked yoga, which is not ideal. Like it's really not ideal to be bleeding out and teaching naked. Um, but my friend had a tampon and I had to use that and I got thrush. I got the that kind of infection the next day. So I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's my, that was my confirmation too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize that, you know, there, cause then I was Googling, I was like, can tampons cause yeast infections? <laughs> I was like, this is just so crazy. I mean, just the, when you start listening to your body, I think, and then you kind of revert to like old ways, you, f- there's so many new sensations and signs and you, you feel things that you never did before. Cause I spent my whole young life just as same as you, you know, shoving tampons up there. I was on birth control. So my periods were fake anyways. I never felt anything. I didn't know when they were coming. There was no signs, no pain. It was just like, you know, completely shut off from, you know, all the light switches of my body and hormones and all the signals were just like turned off. (laughs) We don't know what's happening here. You know, we're just plugging holes and, you know, (laughs) going through life thinking that this is the way. It's so crazy that we, that we live like that. It really is, is wild. Have you felt in your experience that since, you know, you've kind of transitioned in that way of having more of a relationship with your body and your yoni and not using the tampons and getting off of birth control and all of these things that we've been speaking about that you have a different like a different connection or appreciation for all that your body does or like a heightened 
awareness and almost sense of what's happening inside of you. Mm-hmm. I find it crazy that nowadays I can almost like tell the moment that I'm ovulating, which feels like if I were to tell that to a lot of people, that seems like that would be like freakish. You're like, oh, how do you know? But I, I swear, I feel like when you start to do things in this way, there's like more of a, a, a like a, almost like a sixth sense of like what's happening inside of you. Oh, absolutely. My wife can feel the moment they ovulate and I've never felt it. I'm extremely aware now of vaginal discharge and like the egg white that comes out. Like I just, I didn't have any of this for, like you said, good 10 years of being on the pill and being completely numbed out to all of my body's signs and signals. And I just, it completely blows my mind that that's what is normal and that's what we're conditioned to believe. And it's never too late to kind of like go off all of that. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely, I'm so attuned to my body now. Like I know exactly what day of my cycle I am. My wife knows, like my, we share the the period app. Um, And I think that's actually really important for all partners, whether you have a husband or a wife or a partner or whatever, um, to know, for each other to know where you are in your cycle, because that honestly changes the game with libido, especially like if you're having libido fluctuations, we don't want sex and penetration and orgasms every day of the month. Like it's so important to know when are your kind of like go time and when, when's your kind of downtime. Um, but yeah, the, the, the connection I feel with my body now, I'm so blessed that I have it. And I, I sometimes I wish little Rosie or teenage Rosie had that as well. Um, but that's, I think why I'm so passionate about what I do because I didn't get, I didn't have any of that. And I'm so, so passionate about younger women, whether they're kids like, or, um, you know, teenagers or any age actually, because a sex education, we, we need it at all ages. There's a, a woman the other weekend, I was, um, at Sexpo and she was in her fifties and she'd only discovered her clitoris or to have a clitoral orgasm in a, like, uh, like late forties. And so it's, it's honestly, it's never too late. And I want more women to know what is available to them and having that, that beautiful, sweet connection with your, with your womb, with your pussy, with your pleasure. Yeah. Speaking of sexual education and all the things that we kind of didn't get growing up, I know that you have a stepdaughter. Is there like, what's that kind of, do you have a different perspective now as you have you know, a, a young growing girl in your house of like what you want to, what information you want to share with her or like impart with her so that she can have a better experience than we had. Oh my God. She's so lucky. Oh my gosh. To have me as a stepmom and just such a, like we we're a very naked household and um, even just to see, I don't think I saw any naked bodies growing up. I didn't really know what a body a vulva breast even look like. Um, so she's, she's, you know, she kind of leads the way she asks questions when she's curious, but also we don't hide anything. So I don't know, she might walk in the the bathroom. We don't close the bathroom door. That's just (laughs) what we do in our house. Um, but she might see her mom putting a menstrual cup in and she'll just be like watching and curious and like seeing the menstrual blood and, you know, she's, there's no, what I love about it is there's no charge for her. She sees crystal dildos lying around the house on the table or like, cause I, I often take photos at different places in my house and there's, she doesn't really know what they're for, but she assumes like it's, we tell her it's for adults, you know, it's not for children. Um, so we educate her in a, um, like an age appropriate manner. There's like the traffic light system. And I think that's important for all families to kind of abide by, but also sex education starts in the home. We cannot expect our, the teachers at school um, or friends or magazines or anything to really be teaching our kids what they need to know. But a lot, unfortunately, a lot of parents feel really uncomfortable because they're not embodied in their sexual um, energy or they're like still on the pill or, you, you know, they're not, doing the work on themselves. Um, but it really does start at home. And I, I think Kenzie will go to school one day and just talk about, she knows she calls them vibrators. She just thinks they're for like vibrating on your neck or like, they just feel kind of cool. 
Um, <laughs> there's no charge. There's no shame. There's no – she kind of thinks it's it's funny in a way and, like, there's oh, – like, I just wish I had that kind of upbringing. Um, and, you know, she will hopefully be teaching her friends things that they might not know um, in school. So, yeah, she's very lucky. Yeah, I imagine. Oh, my gosh. Like, I think the thing that you said – that stands out the most is that there's no charge. It's not like secretive. It's not dirty. It's not bad. It's not, Ooh, like that's embarrassing. Or like, I feel like if you had that, you would grow up to be so comfortable in those types of conversations or environments or with your own sexuality. So that's like such a, such a blessing that, you know, as we, you know, as women do this work on ourselves, then we hopefully get to gift that to our children so that there is more of a um a loving energy around it rather than this shame that so many women carry about their sexuality what they what they like what they don't like what what they've experienced what they've been through i think something that really stands out to me too that you mentioned was like you know for most of our lives growing up we've always kind of viewed our vulvas vaginas as like for somebody else like we don't really grow up being like, oh, this is mine. It belongs to me. It's sacred to me. I know it. I understand it. And now I get to, you know, bring it to the table in this relationship or in this sexual encounter in whatever way you want to. But I think we really grow up with this understanding of like that part of our body serves a purpose, which is to please somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing we've really driven home with her is like no one is allowed to touch her yoni, only herself. And, you know, that, I think that kind of education around consent and boundaries, that needs to start, I'm going to say, even from the moment they're born, like sex education starts from the minute a child is born. You don't call, like we call it a vagina and a vulva and then like as a nickname, a yoni. And she knows that yoni means vagina, vulva, womb, you know, that whole area of the body. Um, we don't nickname it any other like flower names or anything like that. And I think that's really important. So calling the anatomy what it is. Um, and then like, yeah, not hiding your bleed. Um, you know, if, if you, you need to have intimacy times, like knowing, letting, or like if she feels pleasure in her body, letting her know she can go to her room and feel pleasure in her room, but it's not for something in public. It's not for anyone else to do or touch. And so it's just, setting her up for success uh, in life because it really does start from a young age because in my workshops I have so many women who are still holding trauma from such a young age and they're shutting down to their their pleasure and their, their pussy because of all the things they've been told or not told as a little girl. So it really does start in those early years. Yeah. So you offhandedly mentioned nude yoga and teaching nude yoga so I want to come back to that because I imagine that that is another thing that in your own experience and journey and, you know, teaching it for what, over a decade at this point that you've seen be another thing that really helps women connect with their bodies and heal a lot of that shame, embarrassment, and just feel that sense of self-acceptance or self-love. So I'd love for you to explain to everybody, they're like, is it actually you're just doing yoga naked? Yes. But tell us the magic of it because I know that it is like such a magical thing. Mm, it truly is. And the yoga, the naked yoga is just one element of the workshop. So it is a three to four hour workshop depending on the size of the group. And it's it's like a really gradual unveiling process. Um, it's taught by candlelight. It's usually in a nice heated space and it's taught in a circle. So there's no rows, there's no bums and faces. And, you know, I've heard every joke in the book around like down the dog. And it's, it's honestly not like that. I really wanted to create a sacred honoring space for women to come and be naked because truly there's not many places other than a nude beach, I guess. And even that you can get these leering eyes and, you know, creeps. Um, so I really wanted to create a space just purely for, for women, vulva owners to come and, shed their, not just their layers of clothes, but their layers of insecurities, fears, doubts, body loathing. Oh my gosh. Like there's so many women who've come to these workshops and learnt, relearnt how to accept their bodies. I'm not going to say they've relearned how to love themselves because that that's something that comes later, but like 
it's truly about ex- how can we accept what what we've got here right now because this is what we've got this is yes we can change it I guess in, in some ways but even if you change it like you still have those feelings about your body internally and so it's really it's really a beautiful shift that happens women see and hear all, all of these other women's experiences about their bodies and they see every woman they think every woman is beautiful no matter what shape size background age and like then they start to realize okay well if I'm seeing all this beauty around me I'm fucking beautiful as well it's this reflection and then I do lots of like vulnerability exercises and meditations and um yeah it it just really gets women out of their comfort zone but I do it gently and yeah there's a real art to creating a space for women to be vulnerable because we've all been taught to be these like tough strong you know not masculine but just it's weak to show emotion and um to be feminine and and these spaces just like oh you can just feel your nervous system fully relaxing and and you really I get them to really look and touch and feel their bodies and stop sucking in their bellies and um throughout the yoga it's a beautiful like integration of of the pieces that we learn along the way so yeah I've seen some huge transitions and transformations I know you asked me before we started recording if I would ever do it. And what I, what I said was it definitely feels like an edge, but I would be open to it. And I think like if I were ever to do it, I would, I would want to do it with you because you do hold such a beautiful, loving energy. Like I, I feel like you're the only person that I would trust. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be coming to the US to do it. I've had a lot of requests over the years and I just need to rip the bandaid off and come oh over. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Come to Miami. I'll be there. I'll be naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the funniest thing happens, you don't want to actually practice yoga closed after that. It's like you just want to do it naked because it just feels so free. There's no restriction. It's just really, really liberating. I imagine like skinny dipping. Everybody loves a good skinny dip because you feel so free. Like I imagine that's kind of like a similar, you know, experience. And you're like, I don't want to swim in this tight you know, bathing suit that's squeezing me everywhere. And, you know, I got these ties in the back of my neck and like, just let me, let me live. Exactly. I actually taught a naked yoga one year in summer on the beach. And then we all just ceremoniously ran into the water. And there was a, I think she was about 60. She'd never skinny dipped before. And just seeing, she was just crying and just seeing this elation. I'm like, wow, getting to that age and never being confident to, or even having this space, I guess, to skinny dip. Because it is such a beautiful, freeing feeling and it's almost like you get this this innocence back, this playfulness. I don't know, it's hard to explain until until you do it, but it's it's really nice. Just do it in your lounge room for now, like your bedroom. Yeah. And start baby steps. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned not sucking in and I you like started this movement, this hashtag of like stop sucking it in and and all of these women around the world are taking pictures of themselves just like releasing the you know the muscles in their abdomen and their belly and just letting themselves be soft can you talk about like where the inspiration for that came from and what are the real benefits of not sucking it in because it's it's not only you know um I guess, a contradiction to the culture that has told us that, you know, we've got to be thin, we've got to have these flat tummies, but also there's real physical repercussions of always having your abdomen sucked in. Mm, There really is. Um, It was in 2021 and I'd started to actually put on some weight. It was COVID. So I feel like, I mean, if you didn't put weight on in COVID, I don't know what you were doing, but I actually gained about 15 kilos and for my little, I'm only five foot two, so quite little. It it really, it was a bit of a shock to my system actually. I'd never gained that much weight before Um, and a lot of it was stress related. I'd gone through a lot that year and um, the more weight I put on, I just was sucking my belly more and more on it and I started to notice um, that I was doing it and quite unconsciously I'd be sitting on the couch and I'm sucking my belly. I'd be driving my car and I'm sucking my belly. And then one day I took a selfie, actually it was a selfie, and I think I just got my period as well. 
and I went to suck in my belly and I thought, fuck this. I'm so sick of like trying to be something I'm not right now. And so I let it out. I took the selfie, put it out there. And I remember this one woman messaged me back saying, I love your relate the relationship you have with your belly. And I love that you feel like comfortable in your skin to share this image. Um, Cause I think I'd said like, you know, first day of my bleed or something like that. And I was like, interesting. I'm like, I actually don't feel very confident in my body right now. And I, I feel really self-conscious of my tummy, but I love that this she's, cause she said, this is really inspiring me to learn to love my belly. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to try something here and I'm going to try and not suck in my belly all day long. And so, and I started to notice. So when I would suck in my belly, um, I could tell if I, if I wanted to take a deep breath, I couldn't, I was breathing up here in my upper lungs and, um, yeah, I just couldn't take a deep diaphragmic breath. And so that, I feel like that was really heightening my stress levels and, um, anxiety in my body and cortisol. And then the other thing that I noticed was happening is by sucking in my belly, I was actually unconsciously sucking in my pussy as well, even if it's quite subtle and you can even practice it now, just, just suck in your belly for a little bit and then try to take a breath try to try to actually notice what's happening in your vagina and often it's it's kind of lifting your pelvic floor is kind of contracted and engaged and luckily I kind of noticed what was happening and then I started relaxing obviously I didn't relax my tummy when I was working out of the gym or like you know lifting heavy groceries or doing certain things I'd always engage my core and I recommend still doing that um but yeah, so many women actually messaged me in the months after Stop Sucking It In kind of rolled out that they stopped needing to go because they noticed, okay, I've been sucking in my belly since my dance teacher told me when I was five years old to suck it in and do this on stage or whatever. And that's often where it starts from your dance teacher or sometimes your grandparents or like it's the usually it's like a grandfather or someone, a cousin or a neighbor just says it and you're like, oh, shit, like, I need to be skinnier. And then, you know, that's when all the conditioning kind of starts. Um, And so, yeah, this woman said to me, she stopped needing to go to her pelvic floor physio because she stopped getting the chronic pelvic floor tension. And she realized it was linked. Sucking in her belly all the time, constantly, was actually completely like affecting her pelvic floor muscles and making them really switched on and chronically engaged. And so she was able to soften in that area. So it's, it's, it's interesting to notice what women experience. And you know what, it wasn't even women who have a tummy that were reaching out to me and messaging me, still messaging me. Mm -hmm. Often it's actually slim women too. Like it's not just, this is not reserved for curvy women. This is like all women and even men, right? Men have been told to have washboard abs and all that kind of stuff. Like they have their own body image issues as well. Um, but slimmer women are like, oh yeah, I suck it in all the time. Like, because, um, there was a few times I was actually asked if I was pregnant and I wasn't, and it's actually, it's mortifying. It's, it's so upsetting. And I was just relaxing my belly. And actually I said to the woman, cause it was two women in a row and I was holding this, uh, my stall at this expo Two old. Usually it's like women that in their fifties or sixties who ask, cause they kind of don't have a filter. Right. And they're like, oh, are you expecting? How far along are you? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm just, I'm not sucking in my belly right now. And so you do have to be brave because people can sometimes ask and, and ask that inappropriate question. But then it's an invitation for you to really educate them and inform them, hey, like, it's not okay for you to comment on my body. I'm actually not sucking in my tummy right now or I've just got my bleed. Or, like, you, it's a minefield of what women might be going through, they might be gluten intolerant, they could have just had an abortion, they might be going through another miscarriage or IVF. Like there's so many reasons why women can be bloated and feel or have a round belly. Like it's just ridiculous that there's this, yeah, it's just normalized to have this flat stomach. Like not everyone's shaped like that. So Mm -hmm. I actually created a t-shirt saying I'm not pregnant, I'm just not sucking it in. And (laughs) I love it. People love people buy it all the time, and I see it. I'm like, yes, queen. Like, if you have been asked if you are pregnant, you need to wear this t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love that so much. I just I remember seeing that, and it was like becoming such a movement, and it was so inspiring. So many people posting their photos and using the hashtag, and it's just really creating this larger awareness. 
you know, with and, um, and among women of like, we don't need to, like, we've, we've all kind of been under this like silent agreement of like, we're just all going to like suck ourselves in all the time. And when we can like dismantle it together, then we can kind of dismantle that part of society that expects that from us, you know, but I think it starts with us being like, Hey, this is not normal and we're not doing it anymore. We like unsubscribe. <laughs> and so it was just really cool to see that like movement take off and everybody be like, I'm unsubscribing <laughs> from sucking it in all the fucking time and posting the pictures and stop sucking it in. Like it was just very, very cool. So I love that, that you kind of created that like domino effect and you know, so many people are letting their bellies be soft. That's like one of my main instructions whenever I guide a meditation is like, you know, obviously the breathing and everything, but it's like, let your belly be soft. Mm. Like how can we really be relaxed when we're sucking it in? I always give that cue. Like every time, let your belly be soft because we are, we're always just like holding tension there without even realizing it. And often it's not until a woman's pregnant that she realizes, oh my God, I've been sucking it in all this time. Because when you're pregnant, you're forced to really relax in that area and let it be big. And, and almost like you feel for the first time really proud of your belly um, but, you know, you don't have to wait until you're pregnant to have that feeling of love and, and pride of your tummy. Um, but, yeah, I, we opt out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not something that we want to be involved with. <laughs> opt out. Yeah. Unsubscribe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So before, before we close, I, I want to talk a little bit about Yoni Pleasure Palace, which is, you know, your, your business. You have – that's where people can find the jade eggs and all kinds of other glass and crystal toys and dildos and all sorts of goodies. So for anyone that is listening and they're like, okay, I'm so intrigued by this conversation and Rosie's work and I want to start – like what are some of your like favorite – beginner toys that you want to just like shout out to give people a a reference point of how to begin Mm, definitely invest in a yoni egg and I guess the biggest key there is use it you know it's so easy so many women tell me I bought a yoni egg but then it's still sitting in my bedside drawer You, you really have to use it to get the benefit of it so using it three times a week is is the best thing you can do just not when you're menstruating um so invest in a yoni egg because when I started using my egg internally, I started having these different kinds of like squirting orgasms, cervical orgasms. If, you know, if you're just going straight into using a toy, a glass or crystal toy, it might just feel a bit like cold and hard. And you're like, why, why would I want to use something like that? Um, but really like when it's your pussy's a little bit more sensitized and feet can feel more, you do feel more. Um, and so something like the rose curve is a beautiful um, introduction to using a crystal dildo. It's got a smaller end and a thicker end. It's a little bit curved, so it follows that natural curvature of the vagina. You can really set an intention into it. A lot of people go straight for the sacred squirter glass um, dildo because it's it's just the, it went viral and, like, everyone's obsessed with it, and I love it. It helped me learn to make myself squirt. So I talk about it all the time, but it is quite bumpy and thick. (laughs) So if you know you don't like girth and if you're like not sure, like I wouldn't start with the sacred squirter straight off the bat. Um, Something maybe even more like the cervix serpent. We have three variations of it. It's a lightweight um, borosilic glass. It's, It's annealed and tempered. So it's the highest quality glass you can possibly get your hands on. And it's just nice because it's, it's really long, but don't be intimidated by that. Our vaginas can lengthen when we're aroused. And also it actually can be a beautiful toy for your partner to use on you as well because it's long and it can, you can have a, a handle on one side to massage internally. Um, and it does feel nice to have the option of using it for G-spot stimulation, like pressing up against the G-spot and kind of pressing and pulling back. Um, and also dearmoring, so that's like that massaging, um, pressing on a certain spot inside the vagina, and then releasing, taking breath, m- you know, making lots of sound, creating a, a kind of like a self pleasure session that's really for, yeah, releasing tension and and numbness and pain. And sometimes there can be stuff come up, memories, um, things that you've maybe held in there that you didn't even really know. So pressing on certain spots inside the vagina can really unlock more pleasure but sometimes also bring that shit up to the surface like I like I say um 
that I'm going to be really honest you might open the floodgates when you start to use these toys so I'd recommend like a squirt blanket or a splash blanket they're waterproof when I started dating my wife they I taught them how to squirt so I was so sick of changing the sheets and just like you know back and forth to the washing machine that I created a waterproof blanket it's so plush it's like soft and luxurious and machine washable and it's just amazing so having that underneath you not just for in case you squirt but actually like who wants to put lubricant oil on their beautiful bed sheet like who you know it's just so nice to have something underneath you protecting the surface and it's also a nice symbol of like okay this is time for me if I'm self-pleasuring to really be with myself and it's so much nicer than a towel and it's waterproof. Mm. So if there's liquids that come out, um, lubricant, coconut oil, whatever you're using, it's just nice to know I'm safe. And safety is a huge part of really feeling pleasure and releasing, um, which sex and self-pleasure is a beautiful way of doing that. So splash blanket, yoni egg, rose curve, sacred squirter if you're feeling like, you know, ambitious and um, a bit, you know, cheeky. And then definitely the cervix serpent for, for that. So um, they're my main items that would be on my wish list for sure. And we ship all over the world. So, um, yeah, there's a Black Friday sale coming up too. Yay. I love it. I love it. The blankets are luxurious. They're so soft. They come in so many gorgeous colors. Like it that has like that product has turned into like its own brand and its own beast of a thing. People are obsessed with them. So that's been like super cool. And I think, you know, to your point, even just like having it there may, may, that may give you that sense of safety of like, I can fully like unravel and relax into this experience because you know that, you know, your space is like set and everything is safe. And I think that's something that people may not even realize is stopping them from like leaning fully into the sexual experience, whether it's solo or with a partner, is that sort of like subconscious, like, oh, I don't want to like, you know, get anything messy or too dirty. But like the more that you are like relaxed and like fully leaning in, the more of an experience you can have. So I think that's a, a beautiful benefit of the blanket, even if you're not, you know, a squirter girly. Yet, you could become one <laughs> after this podcast. Yes. <laughs> you do. I Do you have, a, I think you have a course. You have a course teaching people how to squirt, I right? I do. Yes, squirt school. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are surprised. Like, it, yes, it's I'm teaching you the tools and tactics on how to squirt, but it's also you're not going to squirt if you feel like closed down or if you have potentially, if you have a lot of stuff that you're storing. So there's a lot of healing meditations and visualizations in the course as well so it's not all just like let's get to the goal of squirting actually there's this yeah there's a whole process before sometimes before you you release in that way so yeah squirt school squirt school we'll we'll link it below <laughs> for you guys along with the yoni pleasure palace and the discount codes and all the things so that you can get yourself a jade egg or whatever you fancy Thank you, Rosie, so much for taking the time and sharing with us and educating us. Like these conversations truly are so important because of exactly what we spoke to, not only, you know, changing the relationship with our own bodies, but also for that generational healing of the children that are going to come after us and our family lines and, you know, having a, a better relationship with our bodies to be able to model to our children someday and to also be able to educate and hopefully help our daughters feel safer in their sexuality and avoid so much of that shame that a lot of us grew and disconnection that a lot of us grew up with. So these conversations are so, so important. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. Let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can shop all of the things. Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's rosie.reese, R-E-E-S, and yoni underscore pleasure underscore palace. Um, Yonipleasurepalace.com is got all the goods. It's it's fully comprehensive, got everything you need, um, and lots of free articles and videos. There's also a Golden Yoni membership if you're wanting to join a membership and learn more. Um, and there's also splashblanket.com um, or .us. We actually have a U.S. distribution center now, which is fun. And um, 
we have Christmas squirt blank. We have so much fun stuff on there. There's um, splash blanket dot. Yeah, that's dot us. So yeah, thank you so much, Sam. Thanks for having me. Yes. Okay. We'll link everything in the show notes for you guys so that you can find it super easily. If you enjoyed this episode or you know a woman who needs to hear this conversation, please copy the link, send it to her or take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Tag us. Make sure that you go and follow Rosie. Connect with her. If you first found her from this episode, go say hey. Let her know that you found her from the Makeshift Happen podcast. We love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next week. 